Welcome, everyone, to a Mexican and a redneck follow the world. We're your hosts and surrogate fathers, Juan and Ben. Today, we'll be discussing removing comfort develops respectability. Episode one twelve, Ben. Yes, sir. We made it. We've made it. We've done this enough to we're becoming a respectable man. It's in our, our final episode. <laughs> our final episode. No, not really. <laughs> That'd be crazy. Who's like 112? That's it. We're going to stop. It's a good round number. <laughs> no, that's not happening. <laughs> okay, removing comfort develops <laughs> respectability. Just a little humor. Um, so, you know, we've been, we've been on this respectability train for a while now um, because we, we were talking earlier and we discovered that respectability is discovering who you really are. Like who God created us to be, what Juan and I believe, that's that's who you really are. It's that life journey of personal development and going, oh, I'm really good in these areas, not so good in these other areas. And 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 I've been on that journey and <laughs> trying to figure it out. And and you know, overcoming the issues that are for preventing you from being respectable will require you to remove comforts from your life that allow you to cope with the issues you have. Ben, you said it so well. Respectability is realizing who you really are. And that you made this statement as far as like, because you were going to throw in being in the military, being in the sport, being whatever it is. And that just hit me. All that stuff, it's a facade to cover up yourself because you're trying to be something that you think is going to make you a respectable man versus when you start walking in your identity of who you really are, which allows you to walk in the fullness of a respectable man, because now you're walking with the comfort of this is who I am versus this is who I should be. This is how I should be. This is how I should act. So that's really good. Good. Yeah. Good job, man. All right. We're like two minutes into it and we're, we're smoking already. So, so, so to back up a little bit though, cause we, we kind of fast forwarded a little bit there. No, that's the end, man. Good night. y'all. Good. <laughs> we're done. <laughs> we're, we're, we got plenty of time now to go to go get some good food or something. <laughs> now we, uh, you know, we, we were trying to figure out like, okay, how do we describe this? You know, removing comforts develops respectability. And, and one, and, the, and you know, the, the personal development journey is going to be different for every single person on the face of the planet. You, you've got your environment, you've got your, your financial situations, you've got all sorts of different elements that contribute to where you are and who you are. And, in that moment, and I'm thinking of like when I was young, you know, 18, something like that, 1920, really trying to figure stuff out. And, and you're a young man and you just you want to be like these successful guys you see around you, or at least I did. You know, I'd, it, I would see a, a soldier and he would look so well put together. Uh, you see these athletes and they're fit and they're they're running these incredible speeds, doing these incredible things. And or or you you see these these men in society who are Mr. So and so elect him next season, you know, and he's been the governor for ten years, and you're thinking this is incredible. You know, how do these people get to these places? And so what do you do? 
You you joined the military. You know, hey, I'm I'm going to join the military. At least I can look sharp like that dude. He went in a you know poor potentially a poorer kid like me. You know, a lot of poor guys they join the military because hey, you can go from having nothing and not knowing much to getting a skill set and and some decent pay. You know, and all you hopefully if you pick a good MOS. Yeah, yeah. Theoretically, I, I don't know. It's it's different for everybody, like I said. But you know, I I, I was like, hey, yeah, I'll join the Air Force. I'll I'll you know that was kind of my trajectory. Smart man. Before before uh, I graduated high school, but it, it didn't work out, and I'm thankful because I really like the way life's going now. But it was a journey, you know. And and uh, you you see entrepreneurs. You know, I started. I tried to start businesses constantly. I, I tried to get in and do stuff because I thought, Hey, if I do these things, I'll be like these guys. And there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with taking those first steps to develop discipline. Like you gotta, you gotta be disciplined. It, it helps so much. But as we were discussing, there's another issue and that's issues of the heart, mm-hmm. especially coming from, we come from poor, you know, we've, we've been exposing ourselves to the world emotionally. <laughs> that's a very important way to describe it. But, you know, showing you, hey, this is our hearts. This is where we came from, and and we didn't have the best dad examples growing up. You know, we we were struggling to try and be men in society, and and we started talking about this. And although having that discipline to wake up early and train, having that discipline to wake up early and go to that job, and work hard all day, it's still not replacing the core problem, which is issues of the heart, mm-hmm. especially for us. You know, dealing with our daddy issues. And it's not just as simple as saying, oh, dad, I forgive you. Oh, you know, you you neglected me. You beat me. You were mean to me. Whatever the thing may be. It's not as simple as just saying I forgive you. It requires more. It really requires you to truly understand and let go of those hurts, you know. Yeah, when you have major heart issues, you need major heart surgery. <laughs> Yeah, that's a you good know, way to put it. It's 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 kind of it's kind of like that. And uh, um, man, I'm I'm sitting here thinking, Ben, because I know we, you and I, we both have a very similar story. It's not the same, but a similar. But we both have daddy issues. We both had very interesting upbringings in life. And I think as young men, we were both hungry um, for that respectability aspect. Like I want people to be like look at me and be like, Oh man, he's somebody. But I didn't know who I was, but I know, I knew that I wanted to be somebody. And for me, you know, that was an aspect because I was that kid. I graduated high school simply because I wanted to go into the military because I saw the Marines as like, Oh man, that's somebody. If I become a Marine, I will be somebody. And then, and this is, and, and this will probably be a story for a later time, but it didn't work out for me. And then so my plan of how I was going to become somebody, it fell apart. So, and I've been on this journey and I'm now 37 years old, Ben, and I'm just now realizing who I am, who I am called to be. And there's that comfort because now I'm not chasing, trying to figure out who I'm supposed to be. I know who I am. And I can live a, not a comfortable life, but a secure life in knowing who I am. 
in a reality who's who's I am. So I think that's I mean I, I, anyways I'm just that's it's just blowing my mind this episode right now. Good because you put it so well as far as respectability. Say it again. Say it again. Respectability is discovering who you really are. That's oh man, so good, so good. Who you were created to be, your destiny. Exactly, and I think we all want that, but society in a way has lied to us because there's a, there's a lie that we've been taught in school where they say when you can do whatever you want to do or you can be whoever you want to be, which is a lie from the pit of hell, an absolute lie, absolute lie. You can only be who you were created to be and in order for you to be the best you who you, you're supposed to be. You have to find out who you really are. Oh, man, that's good. And it, it, it and sometimes it takes time. Sometimes it takes going into the military. Sometimes it takes flipping that house and living in a state of discomfort for nine years to get to the point of realizing, oh, wait, I thought this was it, but this is not quite it. But I'm a lot closer to that point of realizing well, this is not working. And I think from this episode, the thing that I'm getting is you have to stay humble in the process and be willing to ask for help. It's kind of like, you know, the, the one of the big things about us guys or women say about us guys, I don't think, I don't know if it's true, but it's a rumor about how when we get lost, we don't want to ask for directions. It's like, why would we ask for directions? I have Google Maps. But in the time <laughs> before Google Maps, if you were to get lost, that was the one thing with men. It's like, you never ask for directions. You, oh, I'm going to figure it out. And how many of us live that lifestyle for how many years are we going to live in that lifestyle? I'm going to figure it out. And I feel like I can say this person from my personal experience, majority of my life, I've been living like that of, I'm going to figure it out. Just that winging it. I'm going to fake it till I make it. Go with the flow. And usually if you do make it, you don't make it all the way. No, you don't. <laughs> People will always see through your crap. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's a big thing. And, and I was going to tell the story of one of the things I did was I saw people successfully flipping houses on TV and, and I, I was in a place where I wanted to, to really make a change in my life when I started it. So I lived in flip houses for nine years. I would buy one live in it for a while, remodel the whole thing with my whole family and me inside. And then we would turn around, sell it, buy another one, do it all over again. And my wife and I, you know, we, we, we were together on this. We were a team. Our children were along for the ride. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and it was a good journey. But I, I was, I've been thinking what you're talking about because there's issues of the heart. And I was like, how do you address that? And one thing that happened in that time right before I started, and I don't even know if I've told you this, but I was – at my first house, I was about to sell with my father talking to him and I already had my daughter and I was just wanting to make that big change and do that flip. I was like, I'm ready. I'm ready to step up and do something different to really put me out of my comfort zones. Cause I'm tired of coming home, having a beer, watching TV and, and just checking out. I'm tired of hoping that maybe something great will happen. If, maybe one day I talked to the right person and they're like, Oh, I discovered you. It was like, no, I had to get up off my butt and go out and find that person. And the discovery happens when you've created so much character, so much respectability, discovered so much of who you are that, that they say, Oh, I want you on my team. 
that's that discovery. It's not that you were just sitting on your couch and like, hey, I like you come hang out with me. It's like, nah, man, you are out there hustling. And then they saw you and you're like, oh, yeah, I'll take I'll be a part of your team. Yeah, that sounds good. And I was talking to my dad. And I and, and as we say, we're Christians, I read the Bible. I, I truly believe that God is our heavenly father. And there's a passage of scripture that I can't recall at all in the New Testament right now. But it 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 basically says we are adopted. We are the adopted children of God. He created us and. And we belong to him. And I said to my father, and this offended him. I know it did. We, our parents can only take us so far. Our earthly parents, our mother and father. And at some point, we're turned loose into the world. And we can still go back to them and talk to them, for some of us. And ask them questions, get guidance, direction, perspective, whatever. But at some point, we have to accept that God is our heavenly father. And he got really upset about that. And he said, yeah, but you can't just write your parents off and, and not give them credit for, for what they've done. I said, no, that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying they can only take you so far. They only have so much ability. And regardless of how things were, whether you had a great childhood and great parents or a terrible childhood and terrible parents, that's as far as they could take you. And you have to be an adult and accept responsibility. And he just got real quiet and didn't want to say anything else. And he walked off. And I started growing. I started developing. And I realized in that moment that, I, that he was feeling some rejection. He was probably feeling a lot of other things that he didn't say. And I'm not going to speak for him because he's not here. And, and there's no way to know what he was thinking in that moment. But, but I realized that, that in that moment, I, st- I stepped back a little bit as the son. And I became the equal. And I'm sure that hurt as a father to some capacity. Because, yes, I was still his son, but now I was assuming my role, as we believe, as his brother in Christ. And I was starting my journey and my walk. And I found that for the last, I guess that would be the last nine years of his life, from that moment until when he died, there was a role reversal where I stopped looking to him as stop looking to him and and really uh, other men as father figures that kind of went away somewhere in my mid-20s and I started realizing you know I want to work towards being the man who other men look up to I want to be the mentor I do not want to be the mentee anymore I want to be the primary leader I want to be the guy that other people are like man this guy's doing something he's going places he doesn't have it all figured out but he's really going there, and, and he's just got his head on right. I'd like to listen to him. I'd like to be a part of his thing. And that's, that's what I worked towards. And I saw a role reversal at time to where in the latter years of his life, when he got clean the last few years for the most part and was, was really trying to turn things around, the role reversed, and I was no longer his son. I was his counselor to some capacities. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I started fathering him on how to deal with situations, on how to overcome problems, on how to deal with stuff. And, and he was making small steps, but he was trying to take steps. And I realized the way he would talk to me when I was a kid is now how I'm talking to him as an adult. And I just realized, wow, I'm, I'm really discovering who I am. And, and that need for a father figure was going away because I had found it 
through scripture, through the Bible, through my mm-hmm. heavenly father, mm-hmm. what I believe God gave us, you know, and, and, and it's just like, wow, this is really the only, you know, this is such a great guidance and a great tool, you know, the Bible. And, and I have it now I have this and, and it was just a major shift. You know, I really started discovering who I was. And of course I was doing live in flips it was exposing my weaknesses. It was exposing my strengths. It was exposing my laziness, my uh, my determinability. Is that a word? My determination. That's the word I'm looking for, for flipping these houses. You know, it, it was a great tool. Uh, but I tried and went. And, you know, you stay up till 2 a.m. tiling a floor because it just has to be tiled. You stay up painting that room or fixing that thing or doing that stuff because you got to have a bathroom the next day or whatever it may be. And what it does, it was a process where I was forcing myself to be disciplined, removing those comforts of just checking out, watching TV, eating ice cream, whatever it may be, and saying, oh, I got this going. But when you're, when you're doing that work, you have a lot of time to think. You really get to pick through. And that's kind of what this is about, is picking through those issues, that, that thing that was said when you were eight, that thing that was said last week, you know, that the experience you had today that really triggered you for some reason you don't understand you have time to think and, and and removing those comforts makes it to where you have time to think about that because you're not checking out with that ice cream getting that release of sugar you're not checking out with that tv to where you're feeling great you're just kind of stuck in that moment having to do that work like oh i hate this and you know you're supposed to do it and you keep going but it just it picks at you and it hurts it hurts it tears you down you know and that's that's my my rant. <laughs> no, it's a great rant. I, re, uh, I I I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I'm sure our audiences oh. did too. Okay, um, one still here, I promise. <laughs> man, Ben, it's it's so good what you just said, and I totally get what you're saying because I had the same experience with the realization of my earthly father, and coming to the realization of. He's gotten me to this point in life, but I can't rely on him anymore because we're now equal. We're both both men. We're both created by the same by the same God. And I know that can be very tough as a parent to hear that. I can only imagine. But for me, man, it's like, I don't know. I just think about you and I, we have this understanding like with my kids. I tell them all the time. I was like, look, I'm your earthly dad, but your heavenly father, he's the one that you got to listen to. And like I myself, I have to spend time listening to that as well. Um, but there's a point too that you kind of wrote down as far as like the, the coping mechanisms that we, that we develop. Um, and how through this process of you flipping the house it kind of revealed to you the coping mechanism that you had in place and i feel like we are now going through this journey even doing this podcast is bringing to light coping mechanisms that we have in place that are really preventing us from being the people that we're supposed to be being the man that we're supposed to be it's been really helpful for me in a way um for me growing up especially with the hispanic with the, with the Hispanic background, it's there's this attitude of like, oh, I can do it, I can fix it. We just figure it out. Because like, when you're poor, 
you don't have any money, you can't hire somebody to do it. That's what you do. You figure it out. Yes. You know? Also, when you're a redneck. Rednecks when and Mexicans po- just speak different languages, <laughs> in case anyone's wondering. And for the most different part, food. you put a Mexican and a redneck in the same room, and apparently they can understand each other pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> Even exactly. if there's a language barrier. Um, but man, it, it's... And for me, living in a in a flip home, because, you know, I saw my buddy Ben do it. Like, heck, if Ben can do it, I can do it. Surely. And then, but it's revealed to me the coping mechanisms that I have in place and realize I don't have to be the answer guy. I don't have to be the Mr. Fix it. And I realized with, I have gifts and strengths that I can focus on and develop in that area because that's what God wants me to do versus trying to be all things to all people, which I'm not supposed to be that I'm supposed to be, a provider to my children in the way that my heavenly father wants me to provide for for them because he doesn't want me to take over his job. He still reminds me on a daily basis. Hey, 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 those are my kids. You do what I tell you to do. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But anyways, going back to the removing of comfort. And I think what we're talking about in this process, Ben, is about finding that journey or, you know, walking through that journey and realizing there's something wrong with me, but I want to get better. And I think that's something that we both have in common, that we both start in that place, realizing the life that I grew up with is not the life that I want to have. I need to get better. And we're willing to do something about it versus, uh, but a lot of people are, have the mentality of, well, that's just who I am, and that's just who I'll be. No, that's not who I am, and then that's not who I want to be. I want to find out who I really am. And I think this is part of that journey that we're going to be going more into as we discuss this um, and just develop this this podcast and develop this um, series, really, of respectability. So I'm excited about this, man. I'm excited about it, too. And for those of you who are maybe at that place to where you're like, I want something better, but I don't know where to start. You know, we we can't. If you want to flip a house, great. <laughs> Go and flip a house. If, if that's what works for you, cool. But, you know, it, if there's something that you're drawn to, something that excites you, that you've always wanted to try, Go try it. If, if there's something that you can't stop thinking about. And my dad did give me this bit of advice. He said, that's probably your calling. Or at the very least, it's calling you out to draw you out of your comfort zone so you can discover who you are. You, you might think, oh, I've always wanted to be a pro musician. And you get out there and start recording songs and realizing, I just like playing my guitar and hanging out with my friends. I don't want to be a pro musician. But that's okay. It drew you out to start trying to record that song or paint that picture or build that thing or run that marathon, whatever it may be, whatever you're constantly thinking about, it really stirs in your heart. The thing you're dreaming about, constantly studying on, go do that thing. Let that be the thing that draws you out of your comfort zone. And it may be exactly where you're supposed to be. It may bring you success in ways you never thought possible. Or you may fail at it miserably but you'll see other ways you need to grow as a result of it. Mm -hmm. Because just because you fell at that one thing doesn't mean it's the end all be all. 
It just means you check that thing off the list and now you can live in a realistic world and say, okay, what is it that I actually am drawn to? Mm -hmm. What do I really need to focus on? And a lot of this, when you remove comforts, you bring in reality and that's where you grow. That's where you become that respectable man who doesn't want other people to fix their issues. Mm. You know, it's that, that level of, okay, I'm, I'm living in reality. You know, it creates that humility. It creates that strength. It creates all those things. And you're not living in a delusion where you just hope something good will eventually happen. Because if you keep hoping in one hand and spitting in the other, you're going to have a handful of spit. (laughs) So. (laughs) Well, Ben, I don't think I could have said that any better myself. That's it. That's so, that's really good. Thank just, you for listening to a Mexican and a redneck father of the world. We love you and we're proud of you. <laughs> <laughs>